0: Hi, this is Joseph, the host and creator of Sci-Fi Graveyard, as hosted by The Heart of Geek. Is there a topic that you love to talk about? Would you love to share that topic with millions of listeners around the globe? If so, then you're almost there to starting your own podcast. The only thing you need is Anchor.fm. With Anchor.fm, you can record, edit, and publish your own podcast to the Anchor site, and to popular podcasting sites around the world. So what are you waiting for? If you'd like to get started, all you need to do is head to the Play Store on Android or the App Store if you have an iPhone, start the download, and get recording today. Thank you for listening to Sci-Fi Graveyard, and on to the podcast. When you peer upon yourself in the looking glass, what do you see? Do you see yourself as you are? A mirrored reflection? Or do you see something darker? Something more sinister, or do you see what you could have been if your life had unfolded differently? Look in the mirror and see yourself. Join us as a generation's final journey begins. Star Trek Nemesis. Today on Sci Fi Graveyard, we have a new person joining us today, Aaron. He is the brother of Jeremy and Josh, who are also with us. I'm Joseph Gettinger. And today we're going to be discussing the 2002 sci-fi film Star Trek Nemesis. Star Trek Nemesis was released in December of 2002 and is actually the 10th feature film in the Star Trek franchise. And is the fourth film in the Next Generation film series. Star Trek Nemesis takes place roughly in the year 2379 because of callbacks during the wedding scene. They say it has been 15 years since they met, which was in the pilot episode Encounter at Farpoint of Star Trek The Next Generation, which takes place in the year 2364. Star Trek Nemesis was directed by Stuart Baer and starred Patrick Stewart, Brent Spiner, Jonathan Frakes, Michael Dorn, LeVar Burton, Marina Sirtis, Gates McFadden, Kate Mulgrew, and Dina Mayer as Commander Dinatra, Ron Perlman, as the Viceroy, and this was supposed to be the breakout role for Tom Hardy, but he does star as Shinzon of Remus, the evil clone of Captain Jean-Luc Picard. Uh, This movie was written by Oscar winner John Logan. He won his Oscar for the movie Gladiator, starring Russell Russell Crowe. The story was also (laughs) by John Logan, Brent Spiner, and Rick Berman. John Logan is a self-proclaimed Star Trek fan and was super excited to write a Star Trek movie. Jonathan Frakes, unfortunately, was not asked to direct this film, but according to IMDB, had he been asked, he would have accepted. Jonathan Frakes actually directed the last two installments in the TNG film franchise, Star Trek First Contact and Star Trek Insurrection. Uh, this movie also features a cameo by X-Men director Brian Singer. Uh, this is before we found out that he was a Predator. Dan Star Trek, is, ne- no. <laughs> <laughs> Star Trek Nemesis, according to fans, kind of breaks the even-odd curse, where even-numbered Trek films are are considered really good and perform well, and the other ones, <laughs> the odd ones, are bad and underperform. This started with Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan being leaps and bounds better than Star Trek: The Motion Picture. Uh, Star Trek III: For the Search for Spock not living up to Star Trek II. Then Star Trek 4 being amazing, 5 being a financial flop, and 6 being amazing. Uh, Star Trek Nemesis was actually considered a box office fa- failure, unfortunately. It stalled the film part of the Star franchise, which would have seen the crew of the Enterprise E join with the crews of Star Trek Voyager and the crew of Deep Space Nine had the film franchise been allowed to continue. They were actually the next follow-up to Nemesis was going to be a joint movie with the three next-gen crews coming together, which we would only hope that they would bring back the Cisco. Uh, people have said that this film doesn't bother to explain why Worf is back on the Enterprise. However, according to a script that I found online, it was stated that the life of a diplomat was not for Worf, and so he returned to Starfleet and thus the Enterprise.
1: Oh, uh, as- that ha- that happened.
0: Yeah, as we saw at the end of Deep Space Nine, Worf left Starfleet at the request of the now Chancellor Martok to be the Federation ambassador to Kronos. However, in later, later novels not considered canon, Worf actually becomes the new first officer of the USS Enterprise after the death of Data. Spoiler alert. Um, Worf is also there, which I don't understand why people couldn't grasp this. Worf is there for the wedding. Um, because the movie opens with a wedding of Counselor Troy and Commander Riker, who is going to be a captain of the USS Titan. And another thing that was written in the movie that was removed was Dr. Crusher was leaving Starfleet, or leaving the Enterprise, I should say, to go back to Starfleet Medical. Uh, that was never mentioned in the movie, but that was also something that was supposed to happen. Hence the, hence the tagline, A Generation's Final Journey Begin.
1: I think that that the main thing for me when I was watching this thing was knowing that it was like that. Knowing that it felt like it was supposed to be the ending of the next generation crew. Or at least off of like movies and stuff like that.
0: Yeah. Um, And and like we had mentioned before I started the podcast, uh, Wesley Crusher was supposed to have a larger part as returning to Starfleet as he has seen in a Starfleet dress uniform at the wedding of Commander Riker and Counselor Deanna Troi. Um, however, his scenes were cut, unfortunately. Worf's line about Romulan ale being illegal was because in an early draft of the script, he is extremely hungover from the bachelor party the night before, and unfortunately, those lines were also excised from the script. So, Worf just seems to be a jerk. Um, also, in the script, according that I found, that I found. Jordy was, in fact, dating Leah Brahms, who appeared in two episodes of *The Next Generation*. Once as a hologram version of herself in season three episode *Booby Trap*, and she actually showed up as herself in season four's episode *Galaxy's Child*. Um, in both episodes, Doctor Leah Brahms was played by Susan Gibney. Um, apparently, in season four episode, she's listed as being married. So, if things were supposed to happen with her and Jordy, she would have to have gotten a divorce. And dated him within those years. Um as we mentioned, Data does pass away in this movie. This movie came out in two thousand two. So if you didn't know Data that Data
2: or a Spinner. Hey, Spiner.
0: Data's. Data is played by Brent Spiner. So Data I know, but Yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: All right. Well well data's uh,
3: I, Go ahead.
0: No, you're fine. Data does die in this movie, so spoiler alert, the movie came out long enough ago that everyone should have seen it by now, or at least know, Uh, but during the memorial for Lieutenant Commander Data, Riker recalls first meeting Data on the holodeck, leaning against a tree, attempting to whistle a song, but Riker couldn't remember the song. The song in question was actually Pop Goes the Weasel, and Riker actually helps him do the tune. And this scene, actually, the scene that Riker describes actually did happen on screen. It was Riker's introduction to Data in the pilot episode, Encounter at Farpoint. So, um, some outside Star Trek trivia connected with this movie, according to the IMDb and other sources. Uh, The failure of this movie caused the second film in the Resident Evil franchise, Resident Evil Apocalypse, to change its name from Resident Evil Nemesis. Uh, since the main monster that Alex <laughs> fights in that movie was called Mimicus, <laughs> but they had to change the name because of the failure of this movie. Uh, this isn't oh, the first. Wow. This isn't the first time movies have changed because of something similar. Uh, but that's that's why.
3: Well, um, yeah, they don't want it associated with it because it has some. Like, <laughs> yeah,
0: associated with it because, um, because of the the failure of, of Star Trek. Uh, a lot of people wonder why Nemesis failed. They, they say it was just a bad movie, and we'll get into it when we talk about our, our feelings. A lot of people also say franchise fatigue. Um, so, But we'll continue on. There's actually some inconsistencies with the Enterprise in this movie and with the Enterprise in general since First Contact. Uh, to give some reference, the USS Enterprise NCC-1701-D was a galaxy-class vessel and spanned uh, 42 decks from top to bottom. Uh, the USS Enterprise NCC-1701-E is a Sovereign class vessel that entered service after the destruction of the Enterprise D in Star Trek Generations. Picard states in Star Trek First Contact, when talking to Lily, that the Enterprise is 24 decks and almost 700 meters. While it, also in the film, it stated that the board control decks 26, 26 through 11, while in Nemesis, the Remans beam aboard on deck 29, and Riker defeats the Viceroy. And as the viceroy falls to his death, it implies that there could be more decks. However, I remember reading an article back when this movie was or when first contact was in production that stated the ship was actually designed to be 24 decks and that it was smaller and leaner than the Enterprise D. It was kind of uh, also according to Star Trek.com, the sovereign class Enterprise. Sorry, heard a weird beep on the phone. That was
1: probably my uh, sound bar. Sorry, my bad.
0: Oh, no, you're good. Um, According to Star Trek.com, the Sovereign Class Enterprise E is 24 decks. So this error actually seems to be at the hand of the writers and not those in charge of Star Trek when it was made. Um, A lot of YouTubers are like, "Uh, maybe this, maybe that. Uh, Actually, I actually go into detail here. I was kind of paraphrasing. I mentioned the issue about the decks as many YouTubers believe that the Enterprise had its size ex- size expanded but honestly I find that odd due to the fact that the Enterprise E was less than a year old in Star Trek First Contact and was only maybe 5 to 6 years old come Nemesis to have such a major refit though especially after the ending of the war with the Dominion it doesn't make sense. Uh they would be rebuilding the fleet not bringing the Enterprise in to add like another seven or eight decks to it uh those youtubers say they only accept what is mentioned in the movies or shows and that's kind of how star trek con- uh, continuity goes however but when an official magazine release says it's 24 decks and the official website for star trek says it's 24 de- decks i think to, it's safe to assume that the ship is 24 decks and that's a pet peeve of mine so that's why i wanted to throw that air there at the end um but that's actually a lot—all the trivia for Star Trek nemesis that that I cared to share. There's, of course, lots and lots that we could have uh, delved into. Yeah, um, I
1: watched a video where I was like detailing like a bunch of stuff, like how yeah, there, like the, the director didn't really care to watch any of the Next Generation yeah, episodes Star, and all sorts.
0: Sort of stuff. Was, from what I read, he actually got the job because he wanted to direct something. They said, hey, if you direct this Trek film, we'll let you direct that. And so he's like, okay. And Stuart Bear had like, no understanding of any of the characters. And I, I solely put the reason that Nemesis didn't perform well. Honestly, I put it on his, uh, his feet. Um, I think a lot of the stuff that I read that was supposed to be in the movie and the PDF file that I found that's supposed to be the, the script before it got edited and everything – actually a lot of that character stuff that I was reading about actually should have been in the movie. Uh, with the exception that Picard's speech in the movie, I thought was better than the, the original script layout. Um, I honestly felt that a lot of the character stuff should have been left in because this was supposed to be like a changing. Um, and as we know, the movie field deals with duality, which is why we had the mirror quote at the beginning. Um, because Shinzon's a reflection of a card. Uh, the Android B4 is a reflection of data, which I don't know why they just wouldn't steal lore and bring lore there. But they had to create a new Android, uh, which actually they is just one of my trying great- to
1: find a, a reason yeah, not to uh, focus on doing anything. But another I think thing that. Bought- also, uh, I think the reason why the movie didn't do that great was because, I'm just looking it up right now, at the time of release, it was uh, released on December 9th, of course, then yeah, right. Harry sword. Potter, The Chamber of Secrets, came out like uh, two or three weeks prior. Then uh, Die Another Day, the James Bond film, came out like a week or so before it, and Lord of the Rings 2 Towers came out. So, I think, oh, yeah, that would have just yeah destroyed it. that's what I'm saying. All those movies combined, that's the reason why it didn't do well. They just that put it dude, in wrong uh, ass. If they would have probably spent six months later, it would have probably done a little bit better.
0: <laughs> they probably could have um, done a lot I more would of agree the,
4: the, but, the, the release
0: date was bad. I mean, yeah, they December 9th, but I saw this opening weekend and it. I saw it the like the 12th. I don't
3: know. I think there was a lot more to it than that. No, it's it's just just like, like, you know,
1: like to me, it's my least favorite Star Trek film. Like, and that's something. but like, not saying that it's a bad film either. No, I don't think if if there's one to watch, it's like I would much rather watch, uh, what's it called? I think it's Generations, the one where it has both. Picard and uh, Kirk in it.
0: I That's think. Generation. Yeah. And then I like
1: First Contact, even Insurrection, but then it's like Wrath of Khan and stuff like that. Like I would much rather watch those instead of like this one.
0: I actually don't hate this. I actually I don't hate any of the Star Trek films. The only one that I never go back to is Star Trek the Motion Picture because it's so boring. Um I, I am a tied with Star Trek 2 and First Contact as my favorite films. I actually also really love Star Trek 6, which is the inspiration for doing a podcast about a Star Trek movie. Uh, I believe it was Steven who made, recommended Nemesis. And I actually think that would uh, was a good idea because many people consider this as killing the franchise, which I really can't lay on its feet either. Uh, my biggest complaint is. All the stuff that got cut from the movie should have been in the movie. And it seems like every time Star Trek wants to go back to the Wrath of Conwell, it it never works out for them. I feel like they were kind of trying to do this with this movie. Not as blatant as Star Trek in the Darkness was, but I feel like they were trying to make this um, the next gen's Wrath of Con. Star Trek First Contact was straight-up action. Star Trek Generation was a passing of batons uh insurrection was just kind of the middle child in that group feeling um insurrection which i also really i like all the star trek films really except for the motion picture i five rates really low but it's kind of like a guilty pleasure it's kind of like it's kind of like ice cream on a bad day or you know it's like (laughs) i still like it i'm not gonna hate on star trek five um i think my favorite part of star trek five is the fact that the enterprise is like broke like keeps breaking down (laughs) throughout the entire movie um but other than that um nemesis i i think it was franchise fatigue i think rick Berman. i think they're running out of ideas i think that all the character stuff that should have been in the movie got cut um and the release date i think all those factors played into this because as when enterprise went off the air in 2005 star trek had been steadily on tv since 1987 so 1987 to 2005 was almost 20 years of Trek, and I think people were getting tired of it. Um, the next generation was.
3: Well, I, I don't know about that. I think I think you were right with saying that Baird had a role to play in why it did poorly, because it it it's like this to me. I felt more TV than I did movie in this adaptation from from TV to film. And that
0: and that's it was that's like fair. it was like
3: all the character development seemed like TV drama than it did actual yeah. movie. Like it didn't have any depth or brevity to it and stuff like that. I thought the story I thought the story was great. I'll see you at home. Uh I thought the story was great but it just fell short. Tom Hardy in it, his acting was I thought it yeah. was great. I thought
0: so too. And, and one, uh, what was
3: it? Ron Perlman, like, immediately I knew it was Ron Perlman before I even heard his voice. Like, that dude has a face
0: you can, that is so
3: recognizable, even through yeah. prosthetics, you see, see that.
0: That's like I can't see... Very distinguishable. I can't see Ron Perlman and not think of the TV show Beauty and the Beast, because my mom was obsessed with that show in the 80s, so that was, like, my introduction to Ron Perlman. Um, a lot of people know him better as Hellboy, which... Honestly, let's face it, he's, he's Hellboy. Um, he, he'll always, he'll be, always Hellboy be Hellboy. Um, Pearlman <laughs> is like one of those character actors. He's amazing, and he probably deserves better than what he's, yeah, he's done, but he's also done yeah, really yeah, I always cool remember, stuff.
4: Not only from Hellboy, but I always remember him from Blade. Um, yeah, that's
0: what I was thinking that's right. You was in, Blade, uh, Blade 2, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It was in Blade
4: yeah, 2. And he gets uh, sliced he, in half. He, I yeah, I always remember. Yeah. <laughs> that's the yeah,
1: that's like one of the main movies that I ever remember him from, other than Hellboy.
4: But in terms of him himself, you know, because most, like, like you guys were saying, most of the stuff he's done, he's been in prosthetics. Uh, so yeah, he's Blade been, Two by, was one of the movies that it was him. You know, not much outside of yeah, it was
0: actually outside the teeth, the vampire makeup, but it was him. Well, I think in Blade the vampires, it's just their teeth that are different. Um, but other than that, yeah, you actually get to see what the man looks like, and it looks like we lost Aaron, so hopefully he comes back. But for anyone listening, Aaron's at the gym. He's a bodybuilder, and so the grunts and stuff are him doing his cardio workout while yep. he, we he just
3: Sorry, I went from wi to four G, and it it just uh, dropped me
0: no I was, I was explaining that why you might hear the grunting yeah, hear, just I, the, i'm actually all
3: done I, I had to leave my my headphones went down so you might hear a little wind right now uh, but uh
1: no, yeah yeah and you might hear the car start up yeah, <laughs> yeah from you know, my
4: perspective that's where i was and <laughs> went and it's i don't know if i'd ever seen this movie until this morning um, because yeah. I didn't remember it at all. Like when I watched it today. So, um, it did not bring back any memories of seeing it prior to, but I wanted to point out that actually one of my, you know, you guys were talking about your favorite Star Trek movies, Well, at least you did, Joe. Um, my favorite that I can recall is Star Trek beyond, which was the latest, the latest one. I loved it. I actually I
1: actually really like
4: Star Trek Beyond.
0: I mean you can say what you want about Justin Lin because I wasn't
1: excited about Justin what
4: the, the heck is going on with those
1: yeah I don't know something's going on with the audio
4: can you, can you hear me now? it was breaking up
1: crazy
0: it yeah I was out.
1: being very garbled. Uh,
0: sorry um, I wasn't f- excited at first for Justin Lin directing because he was uh, the Fast and the Furious guy But I actually thought he did a really great job and honestly I think Justin Lin even though Beyond was more of an action film I actually think he understood Star Trek more than Stuart Bear and And dude those
1: Beyond felt like more of a Star Trek uh, TV show or like a version of a movie that felt more like Star Trek than the first two uh, films that I think didn't J.J. Abrams only do the first one? And he did do the he second directed,
0: one? He directed the first two. Oh, okay, so and, he did do the second one, yeah. Yeah, and then he, he did Star Wars. Because he wanted to do a lot of stuff that they wouldn't let him do. That Par- that Paramount said no. And there's a there's a lot of stuff uh, involved with like what's going on with, like, the Star Trek license, there's a lot of people that have been, like, speculating and stuff like that. Um, and so, there's different things, because he wanted to, like, actually make the, in the first movie, Star Trek 2009, he actually wanted to make the ship that encounters Nero, the Enterprise, and then destroy it, and then the movie would take place with the uh, Enterprise A, and Paramount's like, no, you can't do that. And there's, there's, like, a lot of stuff, to be honest but with you. But I would you. have um,
4: to also agree with what Aaron said um, in terms of how this one felt. I liked the movie today, but I can see what Aaron's saying and that it felt more like we were watching an episode of Star Trek The Next yeah, Generation. Yeah, it's like Baird versus... didn't
3: know that much about uh, Star Trek, so he watched a shit ton of episodes of The Next Generation. It was like, oh, well, I want to keep to this type of, of feeling. And it just fell short. Like, a movie... I especially now the way things are going. This was back in two thousand two, but like that's why I like the newer versions so much. Is well, they got a whole new, uh, a whole new cast, but the actual emotions that are involved with all these things that are happening. You are in fucking space. Like you could die at any moment. It just seems more intense. Like, that's how it would be in a situation like that.
4: Yeah, and the only other thing I saw, too, was, I don't know if you guys saw it, but the, the humor that was in this movie was weird. I don't know if there there seemed to be an it, off-putting humor to me, um, like, especially with like Picard. Yeah, bit. it was, corn. yeah, like the, you know, and I don't know if it's because Picard's fairly old, but he was kind of acting like this young Captain in parts and it kinda of threw me off, especially like when they went to the um the planet at first and he was talking about trying out the the Dune buggy for the first time. And I don't know, it it just seemed kind of weird. Um uh you could understand that like with the humor with a robot, right? But not what the humor with everybody else. There seemed to be just off elements, but I would agree with Aaron in that it seemed really TV-ish. Which yeah, I still enjoy. Oh, that's why sure. I, I mean, said I liked the movie, um, and I liked the, the story too. But just the—I don't know if it was the way that it was filmed—seemed like you were watching an extended episode of Next Generation, really.
2: Yeah, I didn't really like, uh,
1: like this movie, did that. Joe's Um It uh, didn't really have that like I don't know why like, Joe's having such an audio issue. he never has all. been all of our <laughs> Yeah, that's what I am saying. <laughs> Like I know for me, I just thought it was kind of funny re-seeing Tom Hardy again. I think I recently watched it. One, how years young he you was. I
4: mean, that's the thing. I think. yeah, like, I, think I mean, it
1: was eighteen it was years year ago. Shit. Yeah, that's what I was no, saying. No, nineteen. But like, holy crap. Yeah. Well, I think I watched it yeah. like a couple of years ago, and then what's it called? I was like, shit, Tom Hardy was in this, and I totally forgot. <laughs>
0: Yeah, this is, like, his, I think, first, like, major Hollywood role.
1: And then, like, uh, so, like, when I was watching it, I was like, uh, because it seems like that's how it is every once in a while. Like, you watch a movie, and then you come back to it, and then you're like, oh, shit, this person was in it the whole time. Remember that this uh, person was in
3: it. Holy crap.
1: (laughs) I think that's one of the best parts of it for me, too, was his... Uh, character and stuff like that and I'm like I saw like a video where they were talking about that they were thinking about uh actually making Picard be both characters or something
3: No, oh, no that would have been bad
1: yeah then like uh, I think they changed their mind in the meantime like I was'm like other than watching the movie I found like a video where they were just talking about the trivia of the movie and most of it was already stuff that Joe mentioned but that was one of the other things that they were talking about like that it was possible that they were thinking about that but it would have probably thrown off everybody in the movie so it's good knowing that they picked Tom it's Hardy funny to though it. when you look yeah. at the the uh yeah, the
4: director, the Baird's his his resume. He's mainly edited movies, but he's edited a shit ton of good ones. I mean, like
0: yeah, <laughs> it's, it's which is I, I think is weird he edited, that he kind he of edited the ball with stuff the right. Omen.
4: He edited Superman. I'm just throwing some of the ones out there. He edited Lady Hawk, Lethal Weapon, Gorillas in the Mist, Tango and Cash, Lethal Weapon Two, Die Hard Two. Last Boy Scout, Demolition Man. He also edited Executive oh, Decision, which he also directed. He edited this movie and directed it. I mean it's when you look at all the stuff he's done, it's like geez. I mean he he's only directed three movies, Executive Decision, US Marshals and this one. But uh in terms of editing, he's edited a lot of
0: movies. Like so
3: that's that's pretty cool though yeah. that he does his own editing.
0: Yeah, it's it's weird it's weird that he's like an amazing editor, um, but like he doesn't understand Star Trek. Well, you he probably should like, well,
2: the
3: thing is is he you you said it yourself like the the studio said oh if you do this you'll be able to do this film right. Yeah. So I mean is yeah art, they uh... is it in it like somebody that's a Star Trek fan like Simon Pegg for instance. He wrote,
0: yeah, Simon Pegg. Like the, he wrote yeah, Beyond. So, I mean,
3: he he's a Trekkie, so I mean, that's why Beyond was so good to me. Was because a fan wrote it, and he understood the world like this guy just didn't. He just yeah. was good at editing and could direct. Yeah, and you, and you look at his really history,
4: crazy. and that's kind of why I was pointing it out. None of it is sci-fi. <laughs>
3: yeah,
4: it's all except for maybe Demolition Man, uh, but.
3: Yeah, but that's
4: but yeah. Editing know, a movie man, is a lot different than you know directing it too. I
3: would say that's more action adventure than it w- is. Well, sci-fi. that's what I'm getting I mean, at. The only about, sci-fi I mean, part about it was like the yeah,
4: but that's what I'm getting at. That's the closest one. Like if you look at everything yeah. else, there's nothing really close to it out of anything but that he's done.
3: I, I did want to mention. Did has anyone ever watched like uh, an interview with um, Patrick Stewart? Like him on a talk show or anything like that.
1: I mean, maybe not no, anything. Not, not a long time.
3: No, 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 no. He he seems like he seems like a legit, like good dude, and he, you can tell he's artistic and everything like yeah, that. He, but uh, it's funny yeah. because watching this, movie, talking, guys. I could tell that he had he was acting like John Luke Picard less and more as himself in this movie. Like all the parts, yeah. Uh, that was the the wedding at the very beginning, and the part on the planet when he was riding the dune buggy and stuff like that. That seemed more like his lighthearted, like joking.
4: Yeah, stuff. and that might be why I took it the way that I did. Maybe that's. And remember, I was talking about it earlier, where it seemed kind of the cornyish, kinda. kind of. Maybe yeah. it's because that's yeah, how yeah, he yeah. is versus. <laughs> that, and, yeah, I, I really. And I was picking so. up on that. Yeah. Um,
3: yeah. And the put, it was weird because the difference between him acting like when he, in the scenes with, uh, with, uh, Tom Hardy, you can tell he was feeding off of Tom Hardy's like acting mm-hmm. because his, when he first saw him, how like deep his emotions got, because he, he knew it was himself. Mm-hmm. Like I knew before he even said anything, he knew that was him. Like that's how well he acted that part. Mm-hmm. And it was just like so contrast to him in the other sections of the movie, and it, I just I just found it kind of interesting because I wouldn't have known that if I hadn't seen interviews of him on, uh, oh, oh what's what's his name, the English guy, Whoa. that has a bunch of Graham Norton, Like Graham, yeah, Graham Norton. He would be on Graham Norton with uh with uh, the guy that played Gandalf.
4: Okay. Ian, Ian McKellen. On, like, oh, they yeah. knew each
3: other from theater and stuff like anyway, well, is that. Was that why McKellen? they were put together yeah,
4: but... in that? Was it Geico commercials, right? Aren't they in the.
0: No, that was that was. Um, oh, that's Mark right. Hamill.
4: Yeah. Why was I thinking Ian McKellen was in something with Patrick Stewart, though, in terms of a commercial or something? <laughs>
0: because, because they're like BFFs in real life. So. Yeah. It's, it's not a unco- Yeah, they're like. They're super BFFs in real life, so they, they're, they're just, we're seeing together a lot. Um, Patrick Stewart actually is a survivor of abuse, so Patrick Stewart does really seem like a really down-the-earth guy, um, to be honest with you.
1: I think that's one reason and, why the movie Green Room that he did, where he played as like a bad guy, and did so well, too. So, you know, at certain times, you like, sense a person and think that they're actually a good person. And when they play like a super bad person, then it's like, oh, shit.
0: Yeah. So it was like... I just, you know, I thought... like I thought there movie. was some like, good in this movie. Everyone who was in it did a good job. You know, they did their Best their abilities. I think the problem with this movie again is the stuff that I mentioned before. I just release dates. I think a the the, a big like,
4: the fact that it came out with Lord of the Rings yeah. and all that other stuff, it still made sixty. Yeah, that. So it's considered a flop. more than More.
1: How much did it make? Only,
4: it's sixty-seven. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Sixty-seven. Machines. Oh
4: my god. Yeah. What so was the just, budget though? Sixty million. That's sixty. Oh, okay.
0: So. And it, lo- it technically lost money because of, like, I mean, advertising. Still,
4: yeah, you know, yeah, but they figured shit, that into yeah. the budget. Yeah, though. they make $67 million in time when all that other shit was out. I don't consider that bad. I mean, you know, to me, I mean...
1: Yeah, you know, the especially in Lord of the Rings. So many people were re-watching Lord of the Rings several times. The same with the Harry Potter I and mean, shit. That so was the first like Harry Potter, Wonder, wasn't it? the, the yeah. second one oh so, and no, that was second. even I'm, bigger than the
4: first you know, so i mean it's like yeah
1: that's what i was saying it just so happened to be around that time sure like uh like that's why i say it would have probably done a lot better if they would have gave it like six months or some shit
4: yeah so i mean you know not to say but i mean you know it still made 67 even during that time frame so i mean, it's. I wouldn't consider that a, I mean, of course, in the grand scheme of things, they, the studio and everybody else considers it a flop, but shoot, we just watched a movie on our, st- our Scream creeps that made 131,000 is considered one of the best horror films of all time. So it's like, what?
3: And it was, wow, yeah. it was
4: so bad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, in the, in the grand scheme of things, it's like, okay, what the hell are these people talking about? I mean, it. There's no way it only cost one hundred and thirty-one thousand either. So you know it, it didn't make shit. But yeah, it's considered, anyways.
0: Yeah. No, I hear you. I hear you. Um, it's. I yeah. uh, bleh, I can't talk anymore. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> I thought it was a. I mean, I Star Trek Nemesis, I think, had its flaws. I don't think it's as bad as everyone wants to bash it. I feel like the only reason they bash it is because it's like the popular thing to do.
1: I could I can well, see that. Well, everybody bashing some movies. <laughs> well, if you it's if like you think
3: it's... about it in relation to to the Wrath of Khan, okay? It's like of course you're going to bash it compared to that and beyond because it what it once you make something that successful and that good, it's like it's, it's only downhill, so it's like you're going to smash it even if it was just slightly less good. Or, you know what I mean? Well, yeah, we've talked about so, that yeah. with
4: Star Wars. I mean, it's like, you know, when you <laughs> you almost have to nitpick to, to, yeah. to downplay and it, it's something. Like, yeah. it,
3: the thing is, is, it making $67 million is because it has such a broad and devoted fan base. What, you think they're not going to come back and see the next one? Like, come on, it's a friggin' Star Trek. It's like saying somebody even even all the shitty Star Wars movies to come out, they won't go see Star Wars if they came out with a new one. Uh, Yeah, did. so.
1: Yeah. Definitely. <clears throat> but, I mean, that's why I say uh, uh, that uh, And also with this movie, it's like there's not so much that i could like say that is great about the movie either it's like the whole car scene i was like they could have just
0: scrapped that to to
1: me i don't know why they they, but i mean like
0: the car scene well they kind of needed that to get to uh
3: get
1: data or b4 no, I get that. I get that. I'm just saying. When I felt me, they were uh, replacing, well, David, why he died
4: because like because he was singing the why song. Why
3: wouldn't they out. have just taken the cruiser? Like, why wouldn't they just take the ship and just you know land it wherever a piece was? Well, that that's
1: it? that's what I'm saying. It's like we talk about plot holes and shit like that. It's like they end up having some shit I, in I, here that is just like man, they could have thought a little bit better. But I mean, that's just me nitpicking though, and like. Uh, uh, I just, there's not, like, anything super memorable to me. It's like, I think the last scene when Picard's on the uh, the ship with him uh, where they're talking about stuff, I think that's one of the main scenes that I remember out of the movie before we even re-watched it. That and the car scene. Not really because the car scene was memorable. It's just that I just remember, oh, yeah, this is the one movie where they kind of tried to do, like, an action thing. So they're like, here, you guys get into a car. (laughs) That's what it seemed like to me. Hey, action, here you go. uh, Well,
0: it could have also been, you know, the writers, Paramount. we got to make it an action film. Oh, yeah.
1: Well, that's okay. I'm not faulting okay. it for, okay. for that. I'm yeah. just saying that those are the, like, the two main things that I remember out, out of it. Like, I didn't even remember the wedding until I started watching it. I was like, oh, shit, I forgot that they got married in this one.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then it's just, there's some, like, there's things where it could have been better. There's things, you know... um there's definitely things that could have made it better. There's stuff that it could have, you know, was worse. I think the, like I, like I said, I kind of lay a lot of this on the feet of the director. Yeah. Um, Because I really think because since he didn't, uh, since he didn't understand the, uh, he didn't understand Star Trek. Oh, uh, but he didn't. He didn't. You know, know what he should. Keep I get it. I just
4: don't of. feel the movie was bad. I, I think mean, that was again. You can only stretch things so far, right? When you've got, <laughs> I was looking at the stats. Lord of the Rings made nine hundred and fifty-one million, and number two was Harry Potter. Nine
3: hundred and fifty-one yeah. million. Yeah, and
4: Harry yeah. Potter was number two more and made eight hundred and eighty million. So. That, so and that's you all can only saying. spread Them it so far. Then, <laughs>
1: oh my and God! Then, uh, and then look up Diane yeah, I another mean, They they made money off of that movie too, and they all came out around the same time. It's like but of that's, course that's one's going to fall to the wayside.
3: Obviously, that's not an excuse for this movie not doing well because I mean, no, nine hundred and fifty no, million for per- like a
1: combination, a combination of shit, right? Like it's like him not really. They didn't put it in uh, people's hands that really understood Star Trek. They, it seemed like they were just like, here's another movie. Oh, I get like it. a cash Aaron, grab but, type of thing. So they just like gave I was it saying, to somebody, You know,
4: you got, right? even now today, you're seeing it a lot of, right? You got like the major opening weekends. And so you got three movies that were out all at the same time and they grossed.
2: Oh, almost, like almost two billion, $2 billion, billion dollars between or the or
4: three of them. Because Die Another Day oh made four hundred thirty-one million.
1: Exactly. See, that's and what I figured. So, yeah. So of course, one of them was gonna like if uh, if anything, so it was like when you're oh, watching you movies, watch? right? And this which one, one is Die Another that's
4: the, Day? Pierce
3: Brosnan that's the one Mon- with Halle, with Halle, Halle Berry.
1: Halle Berry. Oh, okay. Yeah.
4: it uh, so was terrible. Yeah, it was
1: a terrible yeah and it
3: made
4: four hundred thirty-one million dollars. So, yeah. Wow. So, mm-hmm. you know, between three movies, you've got $2 billion and almost, I mean, and.
3: And they couldn't share the love with Star Trek, man. What the hell?
4: Yeah.
1: Well, yeah. well that's what, that's what I was saying. I was like, that <laughs> had to be like the main thing, because they would have probably had, like, if it would have been like three months later, they would have probably been like, oh, well, there's not Lord of the Rings and shit <laughs> to go after, because I don't think there was any other movies around that time that made that much money. Like, and uh, they all came out around the same time. That's what I was like, dude, even if uh, even if they were like, even if it was like Wrath of Khan, right, do you think you would have made about the same, like, you would have probably made more money, right? But like uh, coming up against those movies, do you think that it would have made as much money as it
0: did when it first came I mean, out? When, honestly, how
3: much
1: how much money did *Rathakan*
3: make?
0: Um, let me look it up and see if it says on because, the IMDb. But then again, remember *Star Trek*? Um, *Star Trek* two was came out in the early yeah, yeah, yeah. so. No, I'm
1: just saying like. Uh, as a thing, like it probably made more money than their budget, right? But that didn't mean that they were making nine hundred and fifty-one bi- a million. Well, no, I, I don't think the... it, it did
3: extremely well as far monetarily. It was just that that movie was so freaking good, and everyone remembered
0: it. Well, that's and game. it was made on
3: yeah, seven million dollars. 97 million,
0: uh, Star Trek. Mm-hmm. yeah. See, according to the IMDb, Star Trek 2 made 78 million. Oh, yeah, well, I'm
1: looking it up on a Wikipedia so that's that's uh, the one everyone 20, remembers, so
0: and it, it cost 11, 11 million to see, make. That's why I'm and saying it was
1: it's totally different a, di- a different thing with Nemesis. That they, they didn't make it because they made like only 7 million extra, right. Like if the, and like yeah, that's the reason why Motion Picture or Wrath of Khan did well was because it was only made on eleven million and made ninety seven. So there's a whole eighty million dollars that they made off of it. So do you think it would have probably done as well? And that time, like you know, around with uh, more of the Rings and shit, probably not.
0: No, I think it depends. the thing that really helped Star Trek two. Was probably VHS, sales, and um, I think one of the big things that really helped Star Trek II was honestly the, um, or Star Trek II. the I think it was the storyline because they brought in uh, Nicholas Meyer and they developed the story. They kind of made Starfleet more military, and even though Gene Ronberry hated all that. Um, it proved successful, and this and they decided to show the characters age, so the characters were growing and changing. And I think that's kind of like where they kind of failed with some of the next gen films. They they kind of didn't let the characters grow anymore after they did for seven years. Because if you look at Picard from season one and you look at Picard from season seven, they're almost completely different characters because Picard grew. But during the movies, he kind of just kind of got stagnant and they they decided to make Star Trek like an action film and they forgot that the best part about Star Trek is its characters well, and amazing. the storytelling. Did they
1: even, I don't think they ever specified in the movies like how much time passed between each movie. Like how the Star Wars... Um, it's, 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 usually,
0: it's usually roughly two years. Um, the thing with... Uh,
4: You know, the Eight Miles came out that his, year um, too in November. Yeah, that's why I said yeah, there was a lot of really? <laughs> shit when I'm looking at it. It's like <laughs> it was the number one R-rated film that can. It made uh, 51 million in its first weekend, and it made 242 million in the box office. It came out in the middle of November, when, uh, right really around when Harry Potter way. did. And then die another day. Those were like three weeks in a row. And before that, Santa Claus 2. There's all types of shit It was I mean it
0: there were well, I think Star Trek movies, they usually were really um I think Star Trek Generations came out in like November uh in ninety four. I they could have probably picked a lot better time for it to come out than what they did. I think there's a lot of things you could say which call. I think honestly, there's a lot of things why Nemesis failed, and it makes me sad because I think, I think it's not a bad film. I think it could have used um, a better director. I think if anything, they should have gotten Jonathan Frakes to direct yeah. it,
1: like, he at least understood like, why didn't they? I don't.
0: I think it's because Star Trek Insurrection also underperformed. Mm. And so they're like, okay, yeah, and they're wrong. like, oh, well, this, but, then still but that goes though, back right?
4: to even uh, fatigue. Yeah, it's I think there was a big piece of that too, like you were saying. But...
0: and I think fatigue played a little bit into it, but um, I think, like, I think they honestly probably should have had Jonathan Frakes direct because Jonathan Frakes' lease would have kept a lot of the character stuff in, especially since mm-hmm. his character was moving on to the Titan. Counselor Troy was leaving. Dr. Crusher was supposed to be leaving. Um, Worf was coming back. Data dies. And there was like, it's one of those movies where like you see the potential, what could have been for this story. And they kind of drop the ball with it. Yeah. And that's what, and that's what I, I feel like they just kind of dropped the ball. But anyway, still
1: uh, still people should watch the movie anyway. I'm to, i think everyone watch should watch all the other ones first though, but I
0: think I think the next I think you can I think any every Star Trek movie you should probably give it a go, except maybe Star Trek the Motion Picture. Well you
4: picture. say that it's one of the top um, But if you now. want
0: to punish Yeah, but it, it Star Trek the motion picture from like seventy nine, it made money. But it also cost a lot to make. They went like way over budget. And so the budget to profit ratio was very poor, even though it made decent money. But the problem with Star Trek, the motion picture, it's too cerebral. And I'm not saying that that's a bad thing because, like I said, the most important thing about Star Trek is its characters and how they interact with each other. But this one, there was kind of, it was kind of like they just kind of hung around the house waiting to, to get to V'ger and yada, yada, yada. And I think that's why Star Trek Two did so well because it, it was a very, very well done character piece. And for having where the two main characters, Kirk and Khan, never interact together except via a view screen, was kind of like a retelling of the movie Das Boot. And I think that's where Nemesis kind of failed. I think it if they had kept the character stuff, in there make them let the movie be over two hours a real truckie's not going to complain if the movie is a little over two hours but keep the character stuff in it like they, all the character stuff well, got thrown to the wayside for flying the scorpion shuttlecraft when did, through the, when the did next generation end and
4: okay, so the 1994 movie, okay, so it the ended the same year generation continued came. it. So do we not think that maybe the fact yeah. that it was four yeah. years in between movies might have been part of the problem?
0: No. Well, it was, yeah. it was 94, then Generations came out in 94. 96 was Star Trek First Contact. And then four years later,
4: Nemesis came out.
0: Four years. Yeah, Nemesis. I don't think the the gap was the thing. I think what took so long is because Insurrection didn't really it's do that funny well. When
4: you look but even though it did well, you know, but even Insurrection except for Star Trek between Trek and Into the Darkness there was like 2 years in between movies, 2 or 3 years in between each one. Yeah, cuz like it was
0: like 82, 84, 86, uh then 5 was 89, 91, then 94. Ninety six, ninety eight, oh two. I think you got
4: seven years where they and, rebooted the whole thing. Which,
0: yeah, then they rebooted. Which I didn't hate the new Star Trek films.
3: I didn't oh, I think they were ones.
0: like the best Mine. either.
3: I I wholeheartedly <laughs> agree. I I thought it needed a revamping just to give it. Well, get
0: well. I I don't disagree because the darkness I don't disagree. that goes
3: along with it, like. It, a lot of the hot, light-hearted stuff, like I said, is TV yeah. adaptation. Like, it, it's so many uh, sensors and everything that you have to go through. It's it's not rated R with the new versions, but it does have emotional depth mm-hmm. in the films. The, at least to me. And the way that c- cinematographically, or is, is it sim- cinematography. cinematography? Like, it just looks dark. It has another... Different feel since all this digital recreations happening and CGI and everything else. It's just, I think it was these movies were made for this time. Once the technology caught up, now they're getting to be better.
2: Yeah,
3: that's just my opinion though. I mean, I I love a classic story. Like, Wrath of Khan is by far my favorite of all of them. Like, bar none, that is my favorite. And I, I'm, I was born in 86. So it was like, I remember seeing Wrath of Khan with all you guys. Well, excluding Joe, like the, the family and dad would watch it. And like, I just remember the, the scene with uh, uh, Kirk and he's like, "Uh, I just remember that shit. And then the frigging bug going in the Russians ear, Like it was just cool. It was just a fucking cool movie anyway, this podcast isn't about *Ratatouille*,
0: but I no, but um, we usually always go off topic, which I'm actually okay with because I think if a film can help you discuss other films, I'm all for talking about movies but when and honestly, we've all just been talking about Star Trek films, which this is the tenth movie in the star trek fan- franchise, so it's. I think it's okay to talk about other Trek films and talk and compare them, what we felt about them versus what we feel about this one. Like I don't hate any Star Trek movie. I'm ragging on the motion picture, but I still don't hate it. Uh, it has its purpose. Um, the 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 thing with Star Trek the motion picture, it's actually um, the reason why like Gene Roddenberry wasn't didn't have much input in the the other films, and I think. I think if Star Trek had gone the, the way of the motion picture, because movies do need, you have a shorter time to tell a story. Um, with that being said, because a mo- a TV show, yeah, your, your show's an hour, your show's 30 minutes, but you have multiple episodes to build a story. Whereas or build the, the movie only themselves. has. Yeah. And so, and so to, they had to introduce like, the Viceroy, they had to inter- introduce Shinzon, make him important. The only thing that kind of bothered me about Shinzon, and it's just a nitpick, and I can live with it, is they show Sh- Shinzon bald, and then they show a picture of Picard in his Academy days bald, but if you watch the episode Tapestry from Star Trek Next Generation, when Picard was in the Academy, he actually had hair. <laughs> um, so, so that was
3: just a continuity and he,
0: issue. It was a, it was a continuity issue. That's why I say it's a nitpick, because like he had hair, and then when he was taking Beverly in one episode to show her her dead husband's body, he ha- he was balding, but he yeah, still had for- hair, and so like that was kind of like an, a continuity error, and I mean that could be stuff like that can be forgiven. Um, I can even overlook them saying the Enterprise is bigger than it was supposed to be, um, but I really feel like this movie lacked because this movie wasn't a terrible film. I actually was when I was rewatching it. I actually realized that I like this film probably a lot more than I thought I did before I went into it. I just feel that all the character stuff that was important aspect of the film I think should have remained in the film and I think it was to the film's detriment. Um, I think they should have had Jonathan Frakes or someone familiar with the, the Trek franchise maybe helm the movie. Like, If not Jonathan Frakes, then maybe get... Um, Nicholas Meyer who, who directed several Star Trek 2 and Star Trek 6 which out of the original series crew Star Trek 2, 4, and 6 were like the, the really good Star Trek movies. Hmm, I agree. Well, I mean, yeah. Uh, right. and, and so even Harv Bennett as a producer of the Star Trek movies, the original series movies, he actually kind of understood everything too, um, up until a point, and so I feel like that's what it was lacking. Maybe they should have been more selective of who they got to direct it. Unless it was a, unless it was a studio mandate where Paramount says you have to make this guy direct, and that very well could have been. That would make to me that would make a lot of sense, but that it was studio interference. Mm-hmm. That. and and usually when a studio interferes with a movie, it's usually to the detriment of the movie
3: yeah and I mean it, it might like, have been a monetary like, issue like they they said this is who you have to go with they had to pay him less because he said he would do this other film, like he wanted this film, so yeah. he took less money to do this one than, than the director that would have done it, so a lot a lot of political and, shit having to deal with it
0: and and that's very that's very possible so um there's a lot of things that could have played into it, let's be honest. And it's just, I really, my biggest thing with this movie is, is that it was like wasted potential. Like it wasn't like a terrible movie. Like when I, I didn't see all of, I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. I didn't see all of die another day, but what I saw of die another day, I'm like, this is one of the worst Bond films I've ever seen. <laughs> and I only saw like part, you know, like a one chunk of it That
1: one was worse.
3: Uh, Tomorrow yeah. never dies. The... Yeah, that one was bad. I've... Is that the one with the boat I... or the ski doo scenes?
0: Yeah, I think, yeah, the, I think yeah. that's the one with the boat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Get that shit with out. With Doctor Christmas.
4: The Pierce Brosnan one's
0: very Dr. good. Doctor Christmas Jones. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I
1: don't I didn't know, like. Any oh, other my favorite. favorite, favorite really, one. You know one.
0: which one? Yeah,
1: the Golden Eye one. That's the only good. Uh, one. Uh, Tomorrow it's never dies was pretty good.
0: I thought Tomorrow I Never Dies was really. See, I thought that
1: was the only one that uh, I just couldn't watch. <laughs> like Die Another Day, I actually kind of liked, m- mostly because Halle Bear. That might boobs, be the only. That might be the she only one. Yeah, that's the only good one I thing bought, of, tell you.
3: Halle Berry didn't show her. No, boobs she didn't in show her boobs, but like she. Was no, she a bikini. No, that was Swordfish.
1: No. Was yeah, kidding. that was. No, that that's was, how no, she got her big break. That was
3: in a bikini.
0: Project Swordfish because you don't go like legit a until you show your tits. Show Did, didn't any of
3: y'all watch screen? No, she didn't get an Oscar monster until she Ball. got monster balls. North- she Ed- showed her monster breast Ball and Ball swordfish, though. that's Haley what Joe uh, like, was uh, on. It was
4: swordfish. Yeah. No, yeah, I was, was just saying, swordfish.
1: like, she was in a bikini mm-hmm. with her boobs all, on, like, everywhere. So, that's what I was like, that's the best part of it. Still in a bikini, yeah. though. Swordfish was better. Well,
4: yeah. She mm-hmm. is a
3: beautiful woman, that's pretty sure. It shocked me
4: when I found out she was diabetic, though. She's oh, type that's, 1. That's yeah, not I surprising. I was type 2 either. But, uh, anyway. Let's
2: see
4: what's... Oh, nice. So oh, I'm the world is not enough. Is the one, one right. that I have.
0: Yeah,
1: that was... Oh yeah! Oh, no, world is not enough. Yeah, yet. that's the one Dude. that I was thinking of. My bad.
0: That's the one with Doctor Doctor Christmas Jones. Yeah, that's, that's the one. coming up once a year.
1: Tomorrow never dies, but I forgot that there was four movies that Pierce Brosnan did. I think it was four, and then it went off to Daniel mm-hmm. Craig, which I, I'm assuming that this upcoming one is yeah. going to be his last. But,
0: but. Like I said, I thought Nemesis was—I mean, his final thoughts about Nemesis. I thought it was—I um, thought it was good. It was wasted potential. I think if you like, I, th- I think y'all, anyone who watches it, should give it another chance. Um, I really don't think that it was as bad as everyone thought it was. Um, although I do feel like it—it deserved—it deserved—it deserved more than what it got, and I think they just put the wrong people in charge with it.
1: Yeah, that's why I say uh, it should rest in peace. I don't think they need to retell this movie. They just like me it the way they. Well, is. Yeah, oh yeah, I, I don't think they, they ever. we already, already rebooted now. to
4: the new one. No.
1: No. Well, I figured we no. had to answer the yeah, question. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: well, I wasn't gonna do like a oh, rest okay. in peace, let it well, die, geez, or rise from the grave. <laughs> <laughs> just because I don't. I don't see where, like, how it would fit with this movie. Because let's face it, they're not going to make us. Uh, they're not going to make a. Uh, they're not going to go they're back not and make, make an anything assist. probably related not to like, Carter or anybody
4: I've, else again. I well, mean, they, I mean, they've, they've moved shown, on to Chris Pine and all them bank guys bank. now. So.
3: Well, they moved back and, to Kirk, but. Uh,
0: So my problem with the new movie – my only problem with the new movies and especially with, like, Star Trek Discovery is – which I like Discovery. I'm not going to take a dump on it. The biggest problem for me with those movies were, or with that show is that they went back in time to tell a story when I really think that they needed to move into the future. And then my biggest um, thing about Picard was I feel like – Cause, and I was going to talk about this earlier, and then uh, this is my final thoughts. Everyone give their final thoughts, and we'll end it because we're at the hour point. Um, my final thoughts is, is I, I really don't get Picard not getting over Data's death for, like, 20-plus years because, like, he's, he's still broken man over Data dying. Picard was a captain who had lost people before. He lost Jack Crusher, who was his best friend, and the, the husband of Beverly Crusher. And so I really don't think that he would have been this lost about it, but they had to build the show about something. And the and I feel like it's weird that, Picard and Nemesis both kind of forgot about Lore, uh, being a, around. They just talked about B four. Uh, another thing is with my another nitpick with Picard is Data's daughter when he had Lao in season three, and they completely forgotten about her. But I. I really feel like Picard like wouldn't have been moping for twenty years, is like twenty twenty eight years or however long it's been since yeah it was like twenty years um, between Star Trek Nemesis and Picard's premiere it was like almost twenty years, and so I just don't see him being this like fragile old man over it, and I really think that's a detriment to his character, and again I think Nemesis was wasted potential, um, I think. It was, uh, I could go on day with my final <laughs> thoughts, but anyway, I'm gonna just stop talking. Let you because it's, it's like I I love Trek and so I I'm the Trekkie here, so I wanted I you know I have a, a lot of opinions about it. So everyone, give your final thoughts, and then we'll. Oh, wrap I mean, up. watch it. That's
1: pretty much my final thought. <laughs> <laughs> it's still
3: it's still worth yeah. a watch, even though it's not the yeah. not the greatest in the franchise. I mean it's just like it's just like anything else you been, if you want to get to know the characters and the story well, then, line, like it's one of the sequence like you you it, i think it has to be watched in order to get the entire yeah and embedded in my final and, thoughts I from. wanted
4: to mention it, so yeah. i don't remember generations or first contact either, so when I watched Nemesis today, one of the things I was thrown off was that Troy and What's his face? We're getting married at the beginning, so I don't know if there was some follow-up in the other two movies that explains that.
0: Uh, not in First Contact. It actually doesn't come into play until Insurrection, but they they always had kind of not a love hate relationship, but they were always close in the series because they were they were. Lovers in the past. Okay, I remember Dad and watching so, this
4: show, but I don't remember that part and then like I said, I don't remember those movies. So I just wanted to know if that was where we were coming from because all of a sudden they were getting married in the beginning of this. Like, where the hell did that come from? And,
0: yeah, there was But other than that what that happened was, was is uh I don't the So
4: basically what you're saying is it really didn't. It just happened at the beginning of this one and they kind of alluded to the previous one.
0: Yeah, they, they they hinted they hinted at them getting back involved in um, insurrection. It was kind of uh, alluded to because of the they were one of the things that the planet did in insurrection was make you younger. Uh, the radiation actually reversed the aging process, which is one of the plot points of that movie. And we could actually do an episode on that movie too because that one's kind of an I think an underrated film. And that's another one where Aaron was like, "This feels like an episode." Uh, insurrect, uh, Insurrection also feels like an episode. So Yeah, um, like an extended yeah, episode. That's where, than yeah, that's where like my, my final thoughts episode. were coming from. So, that honestly, maybe Yeah, I would say watch
4: this one, but maybe watch one just to get help and understand.
1: Yeah, I just want, I want generations he up would, until he, yeah. this movie first. <laughs>
0: Yeah, because generations, generations also one, feels like so. an episode. The funny thing sense. about uh, the the funny thing about insert uh, generations is is they were talking to Ronald Moore and uh, Berg, Rick Berman, I think, and they both said that the the season finale of Star Trek: The Next Generation all good things. Was actually a better story than Generations. <laughs> They're like, we we did a better movie for the season fin- the series finale than we did for Generations. <laughs> it was like, but um, all right, um, Aaron, final thoughts.
3: Uh, that, pretty much what I said. Worth worth watching for sure. Uh, was it the best of the franchise? No, but it was it was still a good good movie. I mean, there were parts in it that were like, Meh. but I'm not gonna take that from. The, that away from the movie as a whole,
4: like no, no, I've, I've always definitely watched worst movies I'm, this I'm not
3: week. Hate it. I grew up one. watching it with my dad. So. <laughs> oh yeah, that's for sure. And I think I'm being a little yeah. more lenient with movies ever since watching that. Book. And at I, least
4: the next one will be Get oh out. But, yeah, don't watch audition. Don't
3: watch audition. Um, oh, but,
4: but get out is the next one, so just, that, just that should it redeem out, it. I hope. But Josh, I what's said, your
0: final just, thought? Uh, yeah.
4: So from that perspective, what do we think okay. we're talking about next? Do we know?
0: All right. Well, um, for sci-fi graveyard, uh, I was oh, gonna do. I was battle. gonna think about the V series to do the final battle. But honest, yeah. But actually, let's do let's do Star Trek Insurrection for Sorry the next about one. The um, by, uh, going just because. Off. Let's talk about the one. Oh, you're fine. I, I I don't get. I'm not gonna get bent out of shape out of like. Yeah, I just wanted to point it out for those that are outside of podcasts my and
4: stuff. Off twice, so you probably heard
0: that. Background. <laughs> no. You, yeah. He's got. <laughs> he's got. He's got clean clothes. But um. But uh But um. So next, we're gonna do Star Trek: Interaction probably in the next two weeks. I'm trying to get on a two week schedule, guys. Um, I'm hoping to do the release dates on Mondays where we're going to record these actually beforehand and release on Monday uh, to see what we can do as far as like helping get the podcast out to the listeners so it doesn't get lost in the shuffle. So uh, look in two weeks for Star Trek Insurrection. That will probably be uh, the the only two Star Trek movies we do for a while. Um, And then um, we'll probably do V the Final Battle just to finish that up. But um anyway, for sci-fi Cy- can't talk, it's time to take a nap. For sci graveyard, I'm Joseph. And for Jeremy, Josh, and Aaron, we want to thank y'all for listening. Also, um, almost forgot. There was a blog that we were mentioned on. And let me bring that up real quick. We were mentioned on a blog as the top 30 uh top 35 podcasts to listen to in 2021. So I, I'll be honest with you. I don't know how large this podcast, this blog is. However, I do think it's cool that this person listened to our podcast, listened so to a bunch of nerds
4: about I movies. The, but it was a um, group of people that picked. Yeah. And, and I'm. Well, that's. Yeah. So a, group, a group of people. Of people that Let's see picked, here. ranked the top 35 sci fi movie podcasts, and ours was number 11. Okay. Because.
0: Yeah, 11 out of 35. So we want to thank the the blog. He said to mention it. The website was located on, uh, from what I, the link that he sent. He actually sent it to Jeremy at the Heart of Geeks main email. Uh, the Theblog.feedspot.com, Sci-Fi TV Shows and Movies Podcast. Top 35 for 2021. We were number 11. So we want to thank them for giving us a free shout-out and for liking what we do um i I do this for fun this is a hobby i could go all day about movies i'm glad i have people to talk to about them and i'm glad we have as many listeners as we do hopefully bring those numbers up because we want to get more and more people involved with what we do but if you like what you see here subscribe to the heart of geek the rest of our stuff will be in the in the the epilogue part that i always tag on at the end of this episode but we do want to wish you all a wonderful night please be safe please stay safe We know there's a lot of troubled times going on with COVID and depression. If you, if you need help, please seek out that help. Remember there is people out there that care about you. Uh, You're not crazy. You're not alone And secrets, make you sick. So don't be afraid to reach out to the people in your lives for help again. Wonderful night. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you in a couple weeks. Thanks guys. Hi, this is Joseph Ganger. thanking you for listening to the latest episode of the Sci-Fi Graveyard podcast. If you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe to us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram and Twitter at the Heart of Geek. We are also on Twitch as Heart of Geek. Again, we want to thank you for listening to this week's episode and if you like what you hear, please subscribe, like, and share, and don't forget to leave a comment or make a request. Again, thank you for listening and have a great day.